This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. And I'm Timothy Harfield from Jasper, Georgia, and you're listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, episode 1704, brought to you today by the Shaken Fork and the Flexing Fork. I am a manly man who lives a manly life in my manly house with my manly wife. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network, the monthly Horse Husbands episode starring Timothy Harfield of Horsehubby.com and America's Horse Husband, Glenn the Geek. This one is for you guys. No horse women allowed. Well, Timothy is back. The Horse Husbands episode is back. Now, I am technically not here because I am on vacation, so we're recording this a little bit early. But thank you, Timothy, for accommodating. I appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. And I'm rarely here. That's true. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I rarely know where exactly I am or even when I am. So this, this show is really helpful because at least, you know, reminds me of the date and time. Yeah, you know that the last Thursday of the month, you're supposed to be here. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. If for not for this show, I don't know what I would do. Well, we appreciate you doing it every single month. Well, it's going to be a little more... We're, it's a short show today. We're going to have a short show for you, and it's going to be a little serious for the first half of the It's going to be frivolous and hilarious. <laughs> and Maybe in the second half of the show. But, you know, <laughs> we have two people here, Timothy included, that are dealing with some adversity as a horse husband and father, and, you know, crap happens. And that's what we're going to deal with the first half, is how do you deal with that crap? Uh, and then we're going to change gears completely, and we're going to speak to the guy who made serious brownie points at Rolex by proposing to his girlfriend, who's one of our auditors and listeners, in front of the statue at Rolex, and it made the news, and I saw him right after, and they were bubbly and happy, and she knew nothing about it, and she got a 25-carat ring. So we're going to talk to him, and uh, and we're going to end on a lighter note today. So we want to bring in a regular contributor to the Horse Husbands episode. He is the husband of four-star eventer and a frequent guest to the show, Brian Rutledge. Hey, Brian. Hey, how are you? Good. So you two are the sad cases today that we're <laughs> uh, we're going to chat with, and. I thought it would be best that if we, we just find out what the issues were, and then we come back and we talk about them a little bit. And we're going to start with Brian, because his he had a hell of a Rolex week. When I saw Brian at Rolex walking around, he looked like a broken puppy. So, Brian, tell us from the beginning of the week what your week was like leading up to Rolex. Um, okay, well, uh, well, I think... I'm trying, I'm trying to get it in order, what happened in order, because it was really all all thrown in together. So my son, I have a son who's 22. He was going to, my daughter, my oldest daughter couldn't stay, couldn't come to Rolex this year. So he was going to come over 
and watch her for us while I was in while I was at Rolex. Well, I get a call on Monday that he had fallen down the stairs at his apartment and broke his arm. Um, and he was going to be on drugs for the whole week, so he couldn't come over and watch my daughter. Who, um, so that was the start. We were trying to figure out how to get my daughter watched and who to watch my daughter for the for the five days I was gone. Probably the drug son is Monday. not a good option there. I would guess. No, considering he wasn't allowed to drive or anything. So, (laughs) so I was just trying to figure out that was one, one thing. And then Tuesday came and I get a call from my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law would, who picks up my kids, um, every Tuesday and takes them down to the barn for me. So when, especially when Colleen's not here, um, and said my daughter's dog, had got hit by a car and killed. So that was number two. I mean, my, my youngest daughter now. Not even, you know, it was my nine-year-old's daughter. Mm. He dug underneath our fence in our yard and got killed right beside our house. So, and the girls were devastated. So that was number two on the list. So, well, I got it worked out where my my mother was going to come over and watch my other daughter while we left. So I left Wednesday morning on my, on my way down there before. We, we leave really early so I get there for jogs and everything. So we get there and everything's okay. And I think everything's going to go great. And then my, my wife does jogs and her horse comes up lame and she has no idea why. Like the day of jogs, he'd been great up to, up to all that. And it just comes up lame. So she's at a Rolex. So, and this is the second year in a row that, I mean, he, he's, he was one of the top horses in the nation this second year in a row. He's hurt himself or did something. So that happens. And then I get a call from, well, my wife gets a call from our daughter that one of our babies at home was colicking and had to get taken to the vet hospital. Luckily, we had friends back here that were able to take him, take the horse and everything. So it was pretty much just a screwed-up week. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's hold there because I think people got an idea now <laughs> uh, what your week was like <laughs> leading up to Rolex. And now, Timothy, I, you know, I don't even know where to start with you. I think all of our listeners especially know what happened with Elisa at Badminton. So I don't, you know, but we want to, I think they want to hear from you and Elisa, you know, you're representing Elisa here today, what what your side was and, and then what the fallout was and what you guys are had to deal with then. As much as you want to tell or as little, it's up to you. Well, I'll go into a little bit more um, uh, in sort of part two of the, the discussion, but really... All that happened, Glenn, all that happened was she fell off her horse, right? Isn't that what the big story was about? She fell off her horse? Well, and, you know, everybody... It happens, right? Yeah, that happened. She did fall off her horse, and a lot of people fell off their horse that day. Yeah, so so the the, the fact of the matter is, and, and she um, she received a yellow card, right? So at the end, she, uh, Johnny was, was uh, visibly tired. She, uh, at the last fence, Johnny jumped, he hung a leg, fell on all four, but Elisa fell off. She was subsequently issued a yellow card, um, for riding an exhausted horse, depending on the news outlet that you read. Um, the FEI book technically refers to a yellow card as being given in cases of horse abuse. So that 
is hard to see in print. Alisa uh, Wallace being issued a yellow card for horse abuse for riding an exhausted horse. Um, and yeah, that was it. And then then the the result of that that in and of itself, just the fact that she was right before the yellow card, right? The fact that she was riding an exhausted horse and realized subsequently that that was uh, not the most wise move and put both her and her horse at risk was hard enough uh, and and arguably continues to be the most difficult part of this whole, whole, whole ordeal. But then to be issued a yellow card and then for it all to have taken place uh, live on BBC and shown throughout Europe and on internet, both live and, and replays and that kind of stuff, the social media backlash was um, well, was severe. Let's just use it. So it was a shitstorm after that. I mean, on social media, it really was. And it I, was interesting because I was watching it from, obviously, from our perch over here, knowing you and knowing Elisa very well for the last how many years, and our listeners knowing Elisa very well. And it was, it was interesting. The people who didn't know Elisa were, were, were the ones throwing the crap. And then I was watching the defenders were everybody who knew Elisa and, you know, knew that she doesn't, you know, she would be the last person to ever abuse a horse. But, you know, people don't know that when they're just watching and, you know, they just don't understand the, the whole situation. So it was interesting watching that happen and, you know, who was for it and who was against and it, it, I, you know, I was I was actually proud to see uh, to see a lot of our listeners defending her because they know her from the shows and know you. Yeah, the, the, the terrible irony, of course, for those who know Elise, is the fact that um, her her care and her love for her animals is um, I don't want to say unmatched. Um, I, I want to say unmatched, right? Uh, in in the eventing world, uh, the vlog that we put posted the day before shows Elisa herself showing up at the stables at badminton hours before most riders grooms show up let alone the riders themselves so what's typically happens at these major events is that the the grooms show up early the rider to to sort of take care of the horse and that kind of stuff and the riders show up later Elisa showed up in advance of the grooms and takes the health and welfare of Johnny seriously personally to heart and she's involved in every phase of that and you see that in the vlogs and you see that in the work with her mustangs and so the terrible irony is that you have people who didn't know her who hear abuse of the horse uh and end up presenting a picture of elisa in in over social media that is con- that is very uh inconsistent with who elisa is and how uh her fans and and most sort of Americans in the eventing community actually know and understand her to be. So that that that's a difficult thing to to see is to see yourself misrepresented in in a way that also misunderstands completely misunderstands your relationship um, uh, with with your horse. It would be like like uh, being publicly accused of beating your wife. Um, uh, it's not a good feeling. Um, Particularly when you did, when you haven't beaten your wife, right? Right. <laughs> like, if you've done it, so, it's one thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. So let me throw this out there. Um, 
what happened there at the end? Did she not realize he was as tired as he was, adrenaline going? You know, does she know? Yes. So there are a lot of factors uh, that go into it. And we've um, spoken with a number of, of vets, and we do know exactly what happened. Uh, we know that um, it is something that happens that commonly occurs with horses, particularly very fit horses, and that is not uncommon to see in competition. In fact, that the eventing masters, um, eventing um, event rider masters, we saw horses. Um, that were also visibly exhausted partway through and that were uh, successfully completed the course and probably should have been pulled up. So uh, we know what happened. Uh, we know now how to identify it. Um, and Elisa knows to handle that kind of situation differently in future. But what it basically came down to is, and, and a lot of people will say that uh, the pressure of, the, but the, and what we've heard is the pressure of, the amount of money that she spent, right, and the pressure of fans and the pressure of badminton and all these sort of clouded her her judgment, and and that's not really so much the case. That it, it, the fact of the matter is, she just misread the situation because, um, uh, she she misread the, the situation and she feels terrible about it. Uh, I won't do it again, <laughs> right? Um, unfortunately, no one no one was harmed. So let's. Um... Brian, I'm sure you were you were following that whole thing too. Um, so oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen a lot of the social media stuff too, and I and actually Timothy, I saw a video of you guys on a train, and I saw your face, and I was just like, I know that face. Um, everybody else was laughing a little bit and stuff. I don't know if you know what video I'm talking about. The only um, picture, the with, only video uh, that I know about is like me, and I'm sort of picking my nose. <laughs> no, no, that's not the one. You were in the train. It was when y'all were getting in the train, and Laney was talking. Laney Asker was talking about she'd eaten too much or something like that. Yeah, for those of um, you who who have seen that video, watch carefully. I think I'm just. I, I think I'm about two knuckles deep, and the uh, and and the uh, and the camera is shone, shone upon me. So that, that's what I remember from that video. <laughs> but 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 maybe I don't, maybe I my nose picky behavior can be fully justified by the fact no. that I was upset. <laughs> no. Yeah, I look like I could tell. I could tell your in your face. Your face. You were upset. I didn't see your two knuckles deep. Um, I would have. I would have called you on that one. Um, but no. But it. It, it, it definitely hard. You instead, dude. That was gross. Dude, anyway. don't, the camera's always on. This is the big lesson, right? The camera's always on. Yeah. Um, but Absolutely. so so if we're commenting now, uh, I, I think firstly, I think we should say that the amount of attention that. Elisa received and that the sport received is at the end of the day, I think it's very good for the sport. Uh, it's a sign that the sport does have fans um, and the, and has a really large community that are passionate about what happens and are passionate about the health and welfare of horse and rider. So I think in the end, that is really positive and It's really great to see that as far as Elisa's reputation is concerned. Of course, I'm a numbers guy. I look at the data and the, uh, it's not just a perceived thing, but act, in actual fact, the amount of positive support that Elisa gained as a result of this from people who know her and people who discovered her as a result far exceeded the amount of of negative. Because there, there was, there's not a whole lot of content in the negative because it's just speculation based on three seconds that you saw a video on YouTube. Um, 
then there was wasn't a whole lot of content whereas there was a huge outpour of support for elisa particularly after her statement after she made her statement you know very quickly after yeah, and I thought the um, statement was very good, and she admitted it. She owned up. It's not like she said nothing happened, you know. Right. She owned up. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think it was. I would think it was better that that she did that, or she, instead of like trying to come up with a reason behind it, that the excuses to it and stuff. I, I think right? was was the best idea she could have done. No, Absolutely. and it was definitely a, an excellent case study in crisis management. Right. When when you do something, yeah. whether you're as a business or as a person, that is. Uh, publicly and obviously a mistake the first thing to do is to not make excuses for yourself not to blame others around you don't blame your horse right is is to take responsibility um and we've seen in other other areas in the equestrian world uh businesses not handle things as well as this and so uh, i think alisa you know i i i'm in in marketing in pr and when i saw the statement go up uh, the first thing i thought was Alisa, I didn't even read it. I'm like, we, we said we were going to talk about this. Right? <laughs> we, we needed to have a plan. <laughs> um, because meanwhile, uh, Alisa was the official American blogger for the badminton horse trial. So we were working very closely with them because, of course, when something like this happens, it reflects negatively not just on Alisa, but it also reflects badly on the sport and on the event uh, and the officials and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I wanted to make sure that we thought very carefully about how we proceeded the way that Alisa did proceed in issuing the statement, the way that she did, uh, was 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 textbook, you know, uh, but also just incredibly genuine and from the heart. Um, so I think uh, the way that she handled that really spoke to her her dedication to the sport and to Johnny. Um, and okay, so yeah. let's take it this angle because this is the horse husband's episode. Um, I'm going to go back to Brian. You know, how is a, in your case, a husband and a father, and, and now you have a wife who's second year in a row. Her Rolex dreams are dashed after spending all the time and money to get there for months. You know, how do you handle yeah. that as the husband, you know, without getting your head bit off? Um, you know, how do you handle it? Um, me, I, you know, I, I sort of, I listen. That's the best thing to do is listen, but don't try to make things better. You know, you would love to try to make things better, but whatever you say, I don't think it's really going to work. So I listen to her and listen and listen and just, you know, shake my head and in agreement with everything, you know, um, because I, I have found in years past, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, longer than Timothy has. Um, and I just, I find that just listening and letting her vent to me works really well, you know, and Timothy, I do have to compliment you because when I was, when I would, if I would have saw that years ago to some of the social media stuff, I would have been on defending her and I, I've done that and I got in trouble for it. Yeah. <laughs> but you just it being quiet sure is the perfect thing for you to do. And it's hard not to do. And I learned my lesson over the years, but beforehand, you know, I've had some issues. People were, I'd always defend her, especially on the, the Chronicle forum. That's, that's a, that's a harsh one. Yeah, well. Um, and I've. <laughs> Snake <yeah>. pit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. I, but because, I, because I, Brian, I it's for, easier if somebody picks on us 
because, you know, as guys, it's like, uh, tomorrow we've forgotten about it. But when they pick on some, your kids or your wife, it's a yeah. whole different ballgame. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, you know, I talk about me all you want. I don't really care. I, I have enough friends in the world. <laughs> That's my thinking. But you talk about my wife or talk about my kids. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be pissed and you're, you know, I'm going to defend her. But I've learned over the years, like there was a comment about last year's Rolex with, with my wife and something was stated about the other horse that she fell on, but I kept my mouth shut because that's what I need to do. You know, that's, I'm not going to, it takes us a long time. As I, you, don't, husbands you, don't, you, don't, you don't know. <laughs> it takes us yeah, a long time. Yeah, it did. It, it really did. I, it truly did. And you know, I run Colleen's Facebook page and everything, but I, I don't really, you know, I just, talk about the events and talk and, you know, I'm, they can tell I'm proud of her, you know, but it, it irritates you really bad when they're talking about you. And it's hard to keep your mouth quiet. And but Timothy, you did a good job with that. And, but <laughs> part of it is also, so it, it takes a tremendous amount of restraint, but both yeah. Colleen and Elisa benefit because of the size and the strength of their fans. And so if what I, I found, and I'm sure you found the same thing, is by holding off and taking a step back, showing restraint, the f- you do not have to defend Colleen, and Colleen does not have to defend herself because the first people to defend her will be her fans, and you'll see a dog pile, right? And that's what we, what we saw here as well. Yeah. So, you know, yep. I, I, th- I love what yep. Brian said because, you know, we've all done it, uh, you know, as husbands or horse husbands, doesn't matter much, especially as horse husbands, because, boy, this is a roller coaster ride. And, you know, to be honest, I think we get more ups and downs than most husbands, um, unless your wife is competing in something else. I, I don't I think we get more of that. So and and when you're a young horse husband, you want to fix it. You know, we're having Patrick on who just got engaged to to Lisa and he's gonna go through that same thing we all do. We do. And then yep. when when that relationship is challenged, we know that that relationship is at the center of of what is value is among the most valuable things to us, if not the most valuable thing to us, and is it, it is inseparable from our own identity. When someone challenges them, it's as if they're challenging the, the essence of who we are, and that reptilian brain takes over. Takes over, right? It, like you just, you just want to, you just, you just want to attack, <laughs> right? To defend and protect. Like it's very uh, primal that that urge. Uh, so absolutely, those ups and downs are very, very real. So how did you handle it, Timothy, with Elisa? You know, as much as you want to tell us, you know, because obviously she must have been, I know Elisa, she's emotional and was devastated. Um, Well, the way that, so the way that I deal with it is as a compliment to how she deals with it, right? So the way that she dealt with, so she's dealing with two things, right? So on the one hand, she's dealing with um, her horse, making sure that Johnny is okay, by, by the next day, talking to vets, vets said that, you know, he could have jogged and successfully, had she stayed on, he could have jogged and successfully um, uh, completed uh, stadium without any trouble. So he was fit as a fiddle, continues to be fit as a fiddle. He's now back stateside. Uh, looks great. Um, but she has to wrestle with her own behavior, and that's hard. But then... Uh, but she's very stoic about that, recognizes her mistakes, and is very sort of rational and calculating. 
um, and is ready to move forward uh, and not make those mistakes again. But then on social media, it's really hard as her husband to see how she processes it and how Elisa processes it and how, is to read everything. And so if you said something nasty about Elisa on social media, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, a forum, Elisa read it. If you said something really great, supportive, Elisa read it. She read everything. And it's really hard. It's I don't wouldn't say that that is healthy for everyone. I don't think it's healthy for anybody. <laughs> right? Well, so I, I it, can tell it, you I can tell you Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so but, but so it doesn't it doesn't seem healthy, right? And so, so you know, between myself and unfortunately, you know, I was over there with um Lisa's father, his working student, our friend Briggs. Uh, Lainey Asker has gone through this, you know, we all remember has gone through this this herself as well. So she had strong supports, but she read it. And um, uh, it's hard to sort of sit by and see her process in those ways. But that is an important part of how she has gained perspective. And she exhausted herself and is now ready to move on. Um, but to just to, to Brian's point, to take a step back, to not try to fix it, to listen, to affirm, um, and and I'm by candy, um, <laughs> lots of candy, candy and cake. Yes, uh, I, I didn't mention I didn't mention that. Yes, yeah, you were talking about her reading everything, Timothy. You're talking about her reading everything. That's one thing my wife does a little different. She does no social media whatsoever. Right. The only way she finds out about things if I tell her. She doesn't do like I. I run her Facebook page. I run her um, Twitter page. I run her um, her uh, Instagram. She doesn't do any of it. She doesn't want to do it. She doesn't feel the need to do it. And so, but I mean, if people say stuff, I'll tell her. You know, if people have said stuff negatively, I'll tell her. But, um, you know, she just doesn't want to deal with it. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> You're an excellent so, buffer, right? So that it's not like you're protecting uh, yeah. her. No. But you uh, are buffering yeah. and able to parse what's important from what's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like her Facebook page, you know, when people comment on it all the time, but I mean, it's all positive usually. I mean, there's been one or once or twice there's been a negative thing, but most time it's positive. So I make sure she gets to read it, but she just, she is not interested in social media whatsoever. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> so. For sure. You know, I, I uh, think, too, it's funny that you guys talk about this because I was just sitting here thinking, I have 30 co-hosts now. And believe me, we get our share of most 99% of it's positive, but then you get the occasional jerk who writes to you and says, you all suck. Um, and then, or they'll they'll really go after one of my co-hosts. And it, usually it, it's not even about something they say, they just don't like them, Right. But they're, they're still listening, which just drives me insane. It's like, well, then just and stop it's listening. still important enough. Like, <laughs> exactly. Even like, if you take are taking the time to write something nasty in response to something or someone, that thing or that that person are important enough to respond to, right? So that that at the end of the day is affirming. And you know, as a result of this incident, you know, again, for better or for worse, uh, there are a lot of uh, Europeans 
who now know Elisa Wallace's name. Yeah. Right? And and her and her followers have increased as a result. And we're really and this is this is the last thing um as far as sort of dealing with a situation like this. So from a PR perspective, you address it then and there you take full responsibility, right? As far as um and then you resist the temptation to respond to 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 every little comment, right? You you let your fans and you let others sort of support you. As a family, we sort of had to decide that that we were not we took a step back and that we weren't going to respond to everything because there were personal attacks as well against Elisa's father. There was personal attacks against Elisa's mother. Something about really, which is funny. Somebody wrote this. It's the most hilarious thing. Said uh, that Elisa's mother, when this person who no one can remember. This person remembers being four years old and having Elisa's mother throw a pine cone at her. And then the conclusion was, <laughs> and the rock and the and the acorn does obviously doesn't fall far, far from the tree. So, like, any opportunity people have to become a the part of it. kid was probably doing something stupid. Well, I, well, <laughs> well, well, okay. So, the other day, I hear a commotion in the barn and I see two Jack Russells, um, barn. Our not ours, but um, woman who owns the facility, uh, jumping after, uh, uh, packing on a cat, a feral cat. Right, that's exactly what was happening on social media there. Here. Yeah, you know, people right. turn off their brains and they run. The last thing, though, is look to the future, and like, this is not an end, right? This is in the middle of things, and Elisa has so much to look forward to with Johnny. This is not career ending. It, again, Johnny is healthier than he's ever been, better prepared than he's ever been. And in fact, whatever, um, he's fit and he's ready to go, right? Um, but at least also have, we're going to be making some really interesting and important announcements over the coming weeks about um, uh, some, some uh, up and coming opportunities. Uh, and Elisa is also dedicated more than ever to working with the Mustang. She's working with um, uh, with a longtime supporter, Ellie Price, uh, who has she was executive producer of that American Mustang movie, and they are working together to develop a an American Mustang up to the advanced level. And that's that's something that Elisa is dedicated to in support of. Um, the, you know, establishing a stronger reputation for Mustangs as a breed. And let's not forget also the, um, the uh, retired racehorse project, which Elisa continues to be very involved with and has a horse named Practical Joker who has no tail. We've installed a prosthetic tail. The prosthetic tail is a piece of hay string. Of course, it's a piece of hay string. And he just twirls it around all day long. And so we're looking to forward to sharing more of his story as well. So it's looking forward to the future and, and thinking about those things over which you have control can be really helpful in in situations like this over which you have none. Well, Brian, let's. Uh, how is how's Colleen doing, and and the whole family? Are we all hanging in there? Yeah, we're doing good. She's um she she's planning ahead. She's got some some stuff coming up that that she's looking forward to, and I'm looking forward to. And um, I mean. She's got a couple of horses that are out. Her main horses are out, but you know, she's got her new horse, newest horse, Uno, who just got fifth in the two star. She bought, <clears throat> she bought that horse from Jane sleeper who bred, who bred her. So yeah, I mean, things are, things are okay. 
she's getting ready to um, take a trip overseas and browse for for a few things. <laughs> what? Oh, so <laughs> but, she, not, not to compete overseas, but she's going shopping, shopping. Yeah, she's going to do a little shopping. Whether she gets anything over there, she doesn't know because she's really she's really big into the um, thoroughbreds too. I mean, she always yeah. has been. I don't, she actually was down. At, um, I don't know if y'all know what the Maker's Mark, uh, the Maker's Mark sure. thing is, the uh, thoroughbred. Yep. Yeah. Well, Colleen actually was the first four star per, uh, to get a horse from them, and she 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 got one during Rolex Week, and oh, good. she she loves them, yeah. and it, it was a pretty good price too. She traded two um, two clinics for the horse. Well, there She's going to come down to price. two clinics. <laughs> That's good yeah, price. I mean, and everything wasn't horrible the Rolex week. I mean, we Colleen actually found a new owner who she's going down to pick up another horse this weekend that the owner is going to, you know, pay for everything, which that's always good. So, you know, it, if you can pick up an owner on going, a crappy weekend, that turns it into a pretty good weekend. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. that's something so, you don't get all the time. So, yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, we're we're working on some other stuff to, you know, change things up a little bit. And, um, so it's, it's not bad. All right. You know, good. I'm glad to hear that. And C- yeah. I, and so we're just waiting to find out if CR is a little, he's not as bad as they thought he was. So we'll see. Well, good luck with that. So, we're, yeah, we're for sure. About him. <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, what we've been basically talking about is a bunch of crap the last half the hour, and there's nobody that deals with crap better than the shaken fork and the yes! fork. Yes, it's the perfect. It's Wasn't the perfect, that a perfect sponsor. Transition. I mean, this is a perfect sponsor for today. Let's hear about them, and then we're coming back. We're going to change gears completely, and we're going to go to new love, and we're going to find out all about that. And I happened to be there when all of this took place at Rolex, so it's going to be fun to speak with Patrick. Jamie and I have been raving about the Equity Flex and Fork and Shaken Fork, and some of you might be saying they are just saying all those nice things because they are getting paid to. Well then, let's hear from some other people about what they think. Here is Flex and Fork user Eric Bates, Pasifino owner from Kentucky, on their sturdiness. I've been using the Flex and Fork for almost a year now. I looked it up on the Internet as being a quality-made fork, and that's what I was looking for. I had already replaced two or three, you know, the manure forks that you would get at a farm supply store, and I wanted something of of good quality that would last, and this, this has just been more than I could ever ask for. With the Shaken Fork, you save time and money by just using this motorized fork every day. Here is Leslie from Horse Nation on how much betting she is saving using the Shaken Fork. It really does. It, it um, helps you sift through, you know, so you're not throwing out as much. I think uh, uh, Equity says that it, the forks um, probably save you a dollar a stall uh, per day in, in between bedding saved and labor, you know, uh, time you're saving, and, and I, I believe them for sure. And then there is our terrific listener, Aubrey, who cleans barns for a living on how much time she saves with the shaken fork. It's funny because you have to kind of slow down when you do it just because you have to let the fork shake for a second. And so it kind of took me a little while to say, okay, just slow down because I tend to do them a little manically anyway just because I have so many to do. But you do them faster. Even even though you're physically moving slower, you're doing the stalls faster. So 
but a couple yeah. of the barns that I do use sawdust, and it's amazing how fast I can go through those barns. And it's pretty much cut down half, and I'm using so much less shaving, so it's going to end up uh, saving a bunch of people a bunch of money of the barns that I do. Okay, you've heard them. It's not just Jamie and I saying this. What are you waiting for? Go to EquityMFG.com and get yours today. EquityMFG.com. You will thank us every single day. Well, there's an auditor by the name of Lisa, who is a friend of actually the Horse Radio Network from a while back. Her and Chelsea came and actually slept in our spare room here at that studio. They were down for Live Oak, and we spent the weekend with them, had a blast. And then I got to see Lisa at Rolex this year, and Chelsea was there too. And, uh, you know, Chelsea had the husband along, and then Lisa had the boyfriend along, and that's Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Hi, guys. Well, Patrick, uh, you were the boyfriend until when? (laughs) Uh, Day two of Rolex. Have you seen the uh, fiancé? Yes. Okay. We'll get to that. Tell us about the preparation leading up to it. This is a good story. So at what point did you decide you wanted to marry this girl? And by the way, she's super sweet, so you should be marrying her. But, uh, and then tell us the ring story. Okay. Um, so I knew it didn't take very long. Uh, Lisa and I have known each other since college, since our, we actually had a dorm building together our freshman year of college well we didn't really know each other and then sophomore year we got to know each other a little bit better um didn't know at the time that i'd end up dating her five years later but we had a five-year friendship leading up to it um so it didn't take very long into our dating relationship for me to realize that i had been uh going the wrong direction for the last five years and then so you went at what point did you decide to make the big move at rolex um, so I had kind of a assortment of different theoretical plans based on when I thought the ring would actually show up in my possession. Um, so I was actually working with her company to get this ring, uh, trying to fly under the radar, show up at her office uh, through a secret entrance, talk with people that I didn't think uh, would run into her in the hallway and actually give it away with a smirk, that sort of thing. And the ring ultimately showed up the day before we left for Rolex. Um, so I quick ran over to their office, picked it up, stashed it in my suitcase when she wasn't looking and had it in there just in case the moment presented itself, even though I wasn't exactly sure what that moment would be. So how'd you decide what that moment was? You guys had gone out to dinner. This was so funny. Uh, uh, Timothy and Brian, they came over for dinner. We had a dinner with a bunch of the listeners. There's probably about 25 of us there. And then they were there, and I was busting his chops for why he hadn't proposed yet. And 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 then the, the next pressure day, was on. Yeah, the next day he did it. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so day one, I figured, you know, I'm going to feel out the ground, get a better understanding of uh, what exactly I'm getting myself into with this Rolex show. What, Patrick, what do you do for a living? Well, I do. Uh, I'm a project manager for basically an engineering company. I, I could have called it. Everything about <laughs> this is about project management and risk risk management. <laughs> <laughs> And contingency plans, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Good call, Timothy. <laughs> so, so uh, what? Why did you pick that particular moment at that particular um, spot? So it was a combination of how do we lure her over to the site uh, without giving too much away. Um, how do we pick something that is 
very uh, Rolexy. That will be kind of memorable for years to come, not just uh, a field in the middle of the cross country uh, ground, something like and that. Who's this so after what's that? Who's the we? Um, it was so we went down with uh, Lisa's good friend Chelsea, who you mentioned, and her husband. Um, so it was kind of a tag team effort of me and Ryan is her husband's name, uh, luring the girls over, kind of strategizing a little bit on how we could get them there without uh, rising too much suspicion. Chelsea didn't know, did she? She couldn't. She wouldn't have kept her mouth shut. No. Yeah. Oh God, no. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I did not let her know. I let Ryan know. Actually, on the drive down when we stopped for gas, I kind of quick pulled him aside. I was like, hey, just so you know, I got this this thing, this ring sitting in my luggage. Uh, at some point this vacation, we want to break away from you guys or, you know, figure something out because uh, I've got a couple different these proposal ideas in mind. So when you saw the Bruce Davison statue, did you go, okay, that's it? Um, Yeah, so we <clears throat> kind of had talked about different proposals from our friend group and how they had gone about it. And one of the things that we had touched on, but kind of brushed aside, or at least she thought we had brushed aside was a public proposal. Um, <laughs> just the attention of strangers around us. It's not something that either of us are ever seeking actively, but at the same time, maybe a guilty pleasure of sorts of mine. Um, so knowing that if we had set this up to, take a photo in front of the statue, there'd be all these people around potentially in line waiting to uh, stand right where we are and kind of interrupt everybody's day to uh, take a moment for our own and kind of add hopefully a little surprise to everybody's day was my thought. Well, I, I saw you shortly after that. You came over shortly after that, and I thought Lisa's face was going to break um, because she, <laughs> she was smiling and holding her hand out and showing off that 20-carat ring. Uh, she was uh, pretty excited about it all, and, and I think you were pretty sure she was going to say yes, so that helped. Uh, and I yeah, have that yeah, picture. That... We'll post that in our show notes for today. Okay, guys, now we have to find out. Do you really know what the hell you're getting into? Well, it uh, sounds like he does because because he's been around her for five years. So he, he's got to know something. I think we should just put Patrick on mute and like just talk amongst ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and comment on the situation. I, I, <laughs> so, okay, so Patrick, you knew her for five years. That is amazing. You need to know, you, you, just in general, horses aside, what what is, what is Lisa's relationship to horses? She rides, she competes, what discipline is she a venter? Um, she just transferred over from Hunter Jumper to a venting. Okay. Yay oh, that's for a big you. jump. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, Patrick. Thank God for you. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you. I my daughter was hunter jumper for a little while, and eventing is so much funner, so much Man. more fun to watch. <laughs> Sorry, hunter jumpers out there who listen. I just I'm just telling my telling the truth. As a horse husband, though, like from the perspective, we're not judging the sport. How no difficult or from for the rider and from the rider's perspective. But from the perspective of the husband, eventing, the those three days are great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry I, if I offended I've any been to, hunter jumper out there. Into both a hunter jumper event and a eventer event now, and I 
can already agree. <laughs> hey, I, I spent, uh, I had dinner with a, a Grand Prix hunt, hunter or jumper rider in Miami two weekends ago, and she's like, I can't watch those classes. They're too boring. <laughs> so they agree. <laughs> Reese and Philip on the dressage show, they're hosts of the dressage show. Reese is going, I can't watch dressage for hours. It just is. <laughs> so even though they do it, it's not something they necessarily want to watch. Um, well, you know, I'm excited for you, Patrick. I got to meet you, and I think you have this whole horse thing kind of figured out. Do you want to become a horse person, or are you just happy being on the sidelines? Uh, I don't know yet. I'm going to leave that a little open-ended. I I do enjoy the sidelines, but I'm not opposed to becoming more of a full-fledged horse person. Have you had to clean a stall yet? Uh, I haven't, but I grew up on a uh, hobby farm here in rural Wisconsin, so I am I am used to... <laughs> everything that comes along with that. All right, good. I recommend a flex and fork or a shake and fork. That'll help. Uh, <laughs> she starts to put you to work. Get a plug in for the sponsors there. Patrick, I assume that she went immediately into wedding mode. Um, yes, I tried to, uh, <laughs> I tried to pump the brakes or, uh, hold the reins back a little bit, but even I couldn't help myself. We were, kind of actively telling ourselves not to look into any wedding stuff until there was a ring on a finger. So we, we were both kind of excited to jump into the research part of it. And have you said it? Wait, date? so when's the date? Yeah. No, sorry. Uh, we, so we <laughs> sorry, don't, sorry. don't have one yet. Uh, we've got it at this point. We're pinned down to about, I will say about three venues uh, and we're taking it day by day. Is it this year, next year? Uh, next year. So we're looking at either February or May, depending on the venue. There you go. Well, in the meantime, absolutely enjoy. I think a lot of couples, they forget that the engagement is a legitimate stage in sort of your relationship history. So absolutely enjoy being engaged in everything that comes with it. Yeah, thank you. That's absolutely my plan. And uh, start saving some money because this wedding's going to cost you a fortune. Just say it. And you've got horses to support now. So. <laughs> so which do I need to save more for? The long-term horse support or the wedding support? Brian, the horses. Support. Horse, definitely. <laughs> definitely the horse. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. The wedding's going to be done, and those horses are still going to be eaten. Well, good luck, Patrick. Uh, congratulations. I was very happy for the two of you, and I'm so happy for Lisa. I think she has a good guy, and, and I, you know, you're going to be around a long time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. We'll have you back uh, after the wedding and see how all that went, okay? <laughs> that sounds good. All right, take care. <laughs> thank you. Well, there we go. We had to end on a happier note than we started with. Uh, so I'm glad that we had Patrick on. They were and Lisa was She was just glowing. I mean, I saw her about an hour after after the moment, and she was just glowing. And everybody was standing around taking pictures, and it was kind of it was kind of a cool time. So uh, I'm glad for them. And you know, I think horse women are nuts. Um. Timothy, I I totally totally agree. I really and so much fun. Not but I'm glad you I'm glad you I'm right. glad you said it though. It's I'm I'm not I'm not going to follow that with a but. I am going to add follow it. And horse women are nuts, and they are really caring and loyal. Right. So 
you know, as as far as a, a type of person to be connected with, they can be really challenging because there's there are some, I think, some fairly universal attributes that just come as a function of being with horses. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, there's a really strong commitment and care and and loyalty, and um, that I don't think I think we all three of us recognize, and none of us would possibly want to give up um it's it's a rare set of characteristics so i'm really happy for patrick and lisa especially since patrick he always he already gets it he already gets it that rolex uh engagement you know he clearly knows her and he knows what matters to her and and that gesture is really uh strongly setting the tone for a successful relationship oh and his instincts are so good he saw that statue and knew right i mean his instincts are good too absolutely yeah well, thank you, Brian, for joining us this week and for laying it all out there. We really appreciate you being part of this. Uh, thank you, everybody, sure. for being here. And, you know, Timothy, I know that this wasn't easy for you to talk about today. So I appreciate you being so open and honest about it. And I think the listeners will, too. Awesome. Again, I look forward to this every week. And, you know, there are ups and downs, and I'm glad to have the opportunity to to provide a a little bit of of my own perspective because it is not Elisa's. She, she does not have the same perspective because she's not the same person, but I'm um, uh, glad to have an opportunity to, to, to do some therapy once a month. <laughs> well, and you know that uh, the invitation's always open for Elisa. If she wants to come on and chat about this whole situation when she's ready with Jamie and I, um, she is more than welcome to. Awesome. Well, she's in, so she is, She's got a busy, she's in Florida right now picking up Johnny, and then she's up in New York for clinic. Uh, so, you know, her life keeps moving forward, but uh, uh, she loves being on the show. She welcomes the opportunity to bug Jamie about Mustangs, and <laughs> uh, and I'm sure she'll she'll embrace the opportunity to be on the show. And I uh, love soon. when she does. So it just, it's less work <laughs> for me that day, bugging Jamie. So <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's a really good deal. Well, everybody, we do have a show for you tomorrow. Tune in. I think Jennifer has put a show for, together for you on Friday. We'll be back on. We we uh, we're continuing with no live shows as we talked about because we are on vacation. All these are recorded. You can find them on the feed, obviously, or you wouldn't be listening right now. Uh, it, Monday we are off because it's Memorial Day, but so we're kind of having a long vacation here. We'll be back on Tuesday with the with uh, with the West. Western episode. We have a brand new host for the Western episode. And then next Wednesday, Jamie will be back and we'll be back to normal for a little while. So we appreciate you joining us during this holiday, during our little holiday vacation. And uh, I think Jennifer and I are drinking martinis on a boat right now somewhere. We're we're somewhere right now on the cruise ship, just enjoying ourselves. And, and to be honest, I'm not thinking about you guys right now. Just saying. But we're thinking about you, Glenn. <laughs> But we're thinking about you. We hope you have a fantastic vacation. All right, well guys. Deserved. Thanks a bunch. Talk to you again soon. All right, thanks.